Hello folks, I'm Joe Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is supported by your gifts, but it's brought to you out of the heart of two ministries. One is the Ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism, where I've been the Executive Director for over 30 years. We're a disciple-making ministry among the nations. To learn more about us, go to cpeonline.org or traincpe.org. The other sponsoring ministry is the Ministry of Bread of Life Fellowship here in Boise, Idaho, where I'm the Bible teacher. We meet in the Old White Church in the Warm Springs area of Boise for worship every Sunday at 11 a.m. Please consider this your invitation to join us. For now, we take up our consideration on the topic of regeneration or the new birth. The Bible clearly teaches that the true believer in Jesus Christ is not only forgiven by God, but that he or she is transformed by God, being brought into a new life. This is more than moral reformation. It is being made completely new. If this is true, then a persistent failure to live a godly life may be indicative not of poor effort, but of no saving life. Before we put our focus on performance, we best call people to that full repentance and faith through which God produces in us a new and powerful saving life. You can become quite legalistic about how you raise your kids. You can become quite legalistic about how you manage your money. You can be quite legalistic about how you deal with addictions in your life or another person's life and not be addressing the point at which real power is unleashed upon a man or this world, and it's when the Spirit of God comes and transforms us and lives within us. There's an author that I actually like a lot. He writes a lot on Christian disciplines, disciplines of prayer and fasting and meditation, scripture reading, Disciplines like church attendance and fellowship. He would say that the reason we have such sloppy Christianity today is that Christians are not exercising themselves in the disciplines. They're not fasting enough. They don't practice and put out in their lives times of quietude. They're not spending enough time meditating upon the Word of God. They're not ordering their lives to be faithful in enduring periods of prayer. They are forsaking the assembling of themselves together except for when it's convenient for themselves in their day. And as a result, we have these very sloppy Christians and this very sloppy form of Christianity. And I don't really want to argue with him. I mean, that makes sense. And I think to some extent that's true. But it's a truth that is worthless if it doesn't fall upon the ears and the heart and the minds of regenerate people. Otherwise, it'll just produce a formalism, a religiosity that has no ultimate power, although it may keep us from being so sloppy. You know, it may make for greater efficiency. It may even prove for a period of time to work at helping us grow and even, to some extent, repaint the surface of our society around us. But underneath the paint, you'll have what the Pharisees had. You know, whitened, washed sepulchers filled with dead man's bones. Unless you've been transformed. The illustration he gives, though, to talk about how important this is, and I spoke about this a number of years ago when I used this illustration when I spoke in the book of James a number of years ago. So if you remember this, this sounds, if, then you have a good memory. He writes and says, Imagine a young boy who idolizes a baseball star. And they hold the, 
the bat the same way his star holds it. He buys the same glove that the star wears. He wears the same shoes. He tries to copy his gestures and he attempts to perform just like him. But they really can't succeed in the game of performing like the star. They fail for the reason that they have not conditioned themselves like that baseball star. They haven't spent years in development like that baseball player did. They've not shared the same healthy diet. They've not understood that this star didn't come by his abilities by deciding to behave in a certain way in a game. He came by way of a life that was spent developing his mind and his body and focusing his energies into that total preparation so that when the time came, his body would produce certain automatic actions and conscious expressions in the midst of a game. And that's why that young boy just can't perform. He can't just wear his star's clothes, play with his star's mitt, posture and walk around like a star and think that he's going to be a great baseball player. You see what he's saying is, the Christians are failing because they haven't developed good habits of behavior. Habits, like I said, that I would like to commend to you. I think it's right that we pray regularly, that we carve out time for quietude in our lives. I think that there is something wrong that we do not consistently in the church find times to gather together for fellowship with intent and purpose. I think these are good. He's saying that you can't live like a Christian by just wearing clothes or maintaining certain postures. You've got to practice hard if you want to live like a Christian. That's what he's saying. Now, again, I don't want to argue with this entirely. But I do want to say to you that the problem in the church today is not the problem of a failure simply to exercise ourselves in the disciplines of the Christian life. The problem in the church today is not a failure to practice. Practice. It is a failure to be born again. It's regenerate life that we need. The born-again person finds themselves given to these very disciplines. In fact, before someone comes along to instruct them on how to do it, they've spent a night and day in prayer. They've been quiet before God. They've been hungering for His Word. It all rose up before them before somebody gave him a discipleship lesson telling him, now you know you need Johnny to pray more, and you know you need reading your Bible more, and no, he is doing these things. In fact, they happen almost instantaneously that when he's been born again, he starts a conversation with God. He starts meditating on whatever information he has about God in his life and seeing God's handiwork in his life. He begins to go back and review his history of his life and he sees God in it where he never saw it before. He begins to go outside and he walks outside the door of his home and he sees creation around him and he sees the creator God in it like he's never seen it before. He picks up this book and all of a sudden makes sense because it was written to him because he's been regenerate. And he dives into it as a thing that brings life to him and he can't get enough of it. You don't have to tell him to do these things. Later on, you encourage him to go on to these things, reminding him of where life is. No, no one has to tell them what to do as a protocol for success. You take a little one-year-old boy and you don't have to write out a program for exercise for that one-year-old boy so that he can grow strong muscles, balance, and strengthen his core. That little boy is constantly moving. He is constantly in motion. His life is exercised because his life is life. That's what our churches need. That's the person this Bible is speaking to. The 
person who has life is life. It's there. They're just encouraging it and directing it. No, they didn't write fearful instructions because they felt that somehow if the Christians didn't receive it, that they dissipate and die away, so that they lacked energy or life or drive. No, they wrote because there was a spring of life in those churches that was so vibrant and so full, but it needed to be directed in a way that was most constructive for them and for others. And so they wrote to kind of channel all of that energy in such a way that they didn't, in all their excitement, pull the house down, which is what you have to do with a little child, Right? You just have to put some limitations on them and direct them so that they can grow in a way that's safe and healthy while they're maturing and growing. By the way, there's a reason that boy can't do what his athletic baseball player could do. And it's related to something far more significant than disciplines. It's related to something far more significant than practice or a healthy diet. The reason that that boy can't do exactly what that star player can do is DNA. That little boy likely could devote his whole life to developing all the preparation strategies of that baseball star and endure in that development for years and still never come near to the star's ability for one simple reason. He does not share that star's exact DNA. See, he may have been born to parents who had two left feet. He may have received from his grandmother the reflexes of a sloth, the hand-eye coordination of his 90-year-old grandfather. I mean, that may be what he's capable of. Uh, the best that this kid can do is wear the right clothes because that's as far as he's going to go in his athletic endeavors because he's got the wrong DNA. So when it comes to living like the Lord Jesus, don't fake it until you make it. It won't work. In fact, you want to bring dishonor to Christ? Don the garment without being transformed from the inside out. No, the only way to live like the Lord Jesus, the only way you can do it, is if you have the Lord Jesus living in you. My father used to say, there's only one man who's ever lived the Christian life, and it's Jesus Christ. And he wants to live that life out through you. That's regeneration. That's the new life. He comes into us, and he changes us, and he transforms us. He makes us whole new people. This is encouraging to me. This comes to me not as a message of try harder, right? Sometimes in the Christian life, the encouragement you receive is like, oh, this is really silly, up to these wonderful illustrations we've given, but I, my mind goes to the Jerry Lewis movie I watched as a child where somehow he's put into a boxing ring with a killer and he's getting pummeled gets thrown against the ropes and his friends keep lifting him up and tell him he's doing a good job. Just get back in there. And he gets shoved back in there only to take it in the, you know, right in the mouth one more time and down to the mat. And sometimes Christian encouragement is, oh, just try harder and discipline yourself and get, keep your fist up and, you know, and you just get worse and worse and get battered and it's not very encouraging. No, the real encouragement is you're someone new. You're not who you used to be. God has transformed you. Rest in that change. Claim it from it. Remember, you're now a child of God. You're a son of the living God. You're a prince. You're a princess. You're a king of priests. Let God live his life through you. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Now, Lord, we understand the great need of our age. And we should be more knowledgeable of what the remedy is. Now we know why 
we must pray why we must intercede and what we must ask for. God, for a great, fresh work of your Spirit coming upon people. God, that in your churches there might raise up in those places individuals who claim and know and understand the mystery of the new birth being born again, who then can reclaim the Scripture as their birthright. Claim your commandments, O God, as the points in which you enable us and live your life out through us to your glory and honor. Find success in knowing that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And face down their temptations with that knowledge, knowing that there is no temptation taken unto us but that which is common to man. And with the temptation you offer a way of escape, and that escape is Jesus Christ himself living and abiding within us. That through Christ we may claim not as some slogan for material success or climbing some corporate ladder, but through Jesus Christ... We are more than conquerors because we live above the impulses of this world. We find, dear God, that when we sin, you drive us into your forgiveness. And in the process of disciplining us, you shape us more and more into the image of your Son. This is what the church needs. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.